Hello, Kansas Reflector listeners. I'm reporter Rachel Mepro, and I'm here today with Mike Foreman, and we're going to be talking about sexual assault within the Catholic Church of Kansas. Good morning, Mike. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you. So I think we're going to start with just a little overview of your life. Can you tell us about where you grew up? I grew up in Overland Park, Kansas, on the eastern edge of Overland Park, Kansas. And which church did you go to there? We went to the Queen of the Holy Rosary Church in Overland Park. And we went there starting when I was in the fourth grade, we moved there. We started going to the Queen of the Holy Rosary. I was going to a very pleasant public grade school, Mohawk grade school. And at the end of the first semester of the sixth grade, my mom, she was just gaga over the Catholic Church. It was really, thinking back on it, it was really just just, just disgusting, really. Well, she took me out of the Mohawk Public Grade School and put me into the Queen of the Holy Rosary School. And from the first minute I walked in there, I just rejected the whole place. I couldn't stand the place. I mean, right down to the desks, to the crucifixes everywhere. I just, I hated the place. So I would refuse to go into the school. My mom would drop me off. I would just go walking away from the school. So the principal, uh, Sister Lucille, she told my mom to take, to take me to a Catholic priest child therapist. <laughs> and this guy had just got here from Western Kansas where he had committed horrible assault in Western Kansas with the Capuchins. And the Capuchins, they knew all about him. And they packed him up in the middle of the night and sent him down the road to Kansas City to little Mikey Foreman and God knows how many other victims. And when he got here, he was assigned to the uh, the Catholic Church, the Good Shepherd Church in Shawnee. The church was so new that the rectory had not even been built yet. So the archdiocese rented him and another priest a house to live in. That's one of the reasons that that I, I have credibility. The only way, my mom took me to that house for therapy. The only way I could know where that house was in 1972 is by being there. That puts me in the house with this known child rapist. And after I was assaulted, he told my mom to, uh, I mean, he told me not to tell my parents what happened because my dad may not understand his therapy methods. And he could do something that could land him in jail for a long time. So when I, my mom came to pick me up, I told her about what happened before we were even out of the driveway. And she agreed with him and somehow convinced me not to tell dad. But she said, when, when we get home, I'm going to call him and talk about this. So she got home and called this priest. And the priest said, everything I told her was true, but that's just part of his therapy method. And that I definitely need more therapy. My mother actually believed that and took me back, baked the priest a cake, took me back with the cake and dropped me off for more therapy. And my mother was just so brainwashed and hoodwinked by the Catholic Church. It was just just disgusting. There's no doubt in my mind and my heart, my mother had no ill will or vicious intent towards me. She thought that priest was God. She didn't think that. She knew that. She grew up in a very, very strict Catholic family, and she was just so hoodwinked by the Catholic Church. It was just sickening. 
So after this happened, um, I was assaulted twice by this monster. Then I, shortly after it happened, I blocked it out of my mind and memory. And after that semester in the sixth grade, I went back to public grades, public junior high in the seventh grade. And I completely blocked this out of my mind and my memory till I was 49 years old. When I recovered these memories, I realized that after about a year of digesting all of this, I realized I couldn't live with myself if I didn't come forward and seek, you know, what little justice is possible, you know, compensation for damages and suffering. And when I recovered these memories, I, I mean, they just hit me like a ton of bricks one night. I paced around in my small kitchen all night, reviewing every square inch of my entire life. And it started to sink in how this has really affected my whole life. So when I, uh, I got a lawyer and uh, the lawyer wrote Archbishop Nomin a letter, you know, explaining that, you know, I knew where the rental house was. And another detail that gives me credibility is the priest, after he assaulted me, he gave me a pillow shaped like a baseball bat and he curled up on the floor in a fetal position and told me to beat him with this pillow because it would help get my anger out. Well, my lawyer told me that several other victims of the same priest who I've never met or talked to or spoken to, they reported the same deal, the same detail. So when I when, when Archbishop got the letter from my lawyer, he knew that I knew where the rental house was and that detail about the ball bat shaped like, a, I mean, a pillow shaped like a ball bat. So he knew I was telling the truth. And in the letter... He denied my credibility. He lied about my credibility. Then he told me in the letter, and you can you can see my letter. I dissect this letter on my website, IamNotCatholic.com. And Archbishop Nauman, he lied about my credibility. Then he told me that he also took the initiative and he reached out to the Capuchins in western Kansas because my lawyer was also seeking compensation from them because they knew all about this guy and they sent him to Kansas City instead of turning him over to the police. Mm -hmm. Nauman told me in the letter that he reached out to the Capuchins and forwarded his findings, and his findings were after a full investigation. They could not substantiate my credibility, which is just a blatant, flat-out lie. And what reasons did they give you for that? Um, in the letter, he said, we cannot substantiate your credibility with the extensive report mm -hmm. from the from the independent review board. And that's just that's just a blatant lie because he knew my details. He knew I was telling the truth. And as he's causing me a great deal of additional agony by denying me my by denying my credibility and reaching out to another responsible party and lying to them about my credibility. Mm -hmm. then at the, and then the last paragraph of that, le of that letter, which is on my website, IamNotCatholic.com, the last paragraph is just so evil, just plain filthy and just rotten. Mm -hmm. He says, I do realize that my conclusion is not what you had hoped to receive. What an arrogant, evil snake. Isn't it nice of Joseph to tell me that he realizes that his conclusion is not what I am to receive? And then he says, however, 
Despite this conclusion, it is my sincere prayer and hope that you are able through God's abundant and unfailing grace to experience healing and peace in your life. Well, first of all, I'd like to ask Joseph, but of course, Joseph Nauman takes zero questions. That's one of his big things. He doesn't take any questions. He releases these cowardly written statements where he could just lie, 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 and there's no back and forth. He doesn't have to explain or answer for any to any of his lies. Well, after he uh, after he told me it's his sincere prayer that I experience healing and peace in my life, then he spent several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees to use the horribly unjust statute of limitations against me to deny me my day in court, he used the statute against me for three and a half long, excruciating years to deny me my day in court. And according to his letter, those three and a half years, I would wake up with this, go to bed with this. For three and a half years, every minute of the day, I was agonizing my guts out for my day in court. And according to Nauman's letter, Every day of those three and a half years, it was his sincere prayer and hope that I experienced healing and peace in my life. And I'd like to ask him, healing from what? You just said I have no credibility. So he just lies. He even lied about it. This is a senior Catholic archbishop clearly, clearly lying about his own sincere prayer based on his own actions. And he actually interrupted his own lie about his own sincere prayer with the words through God's abundant and unfailing grace. And then after this despicable letter, just filled with blatant lies, then he signs off. I don't even know what this means. He signs off, sincerely yours in Jesus, the Lord of life. So by attaching Jesus Christ's name to the end of this despicable letter of lies, he's clearly just disrespecting Jesus Christ to the point he's urinating all over Jesus Christ. That must have been devastating, yeah. That must have been like a really devastating letter to get this. it, It haunts me to this day. And he knew when he wrote me this letter, so I went to the Independent Review Board. I was told that the Independent Review Board is completely neutral of the Catholic Church. They're completely independent of the Catholic Church, and they're only interested in the truth. And nothing could have been farther from the truth. When I go there, and this is all in my, in my story, I am not Catholic.com, there's a senior Catholic priest in Catholic priest clothing on the independent review board. There's also a senior professor from Catholic Benedictine College and also a Catholic lawyer. That was what was on the independent review board. See, they just lie, lie, and lie. They just lie. And so when Nauman wrote me this letter, this is after after I met with the independent review board, he knew that I knew how ridiculous this independent review board was. And in this letter, he calls it the independent review board three times in writing. I mean, he just openly, blatantly, flat out lies. He just lies. 
So then after all this, you've got this letter and everything, and then in November of 2022, you helped the KBI with their investigations into the church, right? Yeah, well, they started. I was the first person that that my my KBI agent, he was almost like a therapist. I talked to him like every month for about four years, except yeah. for a little bit of a break during covid and he, t- he, t- t- he, after he investigated my story and with my details, he, he, he said that he totally believes me without a doubt, without a doubt. And he, then he told me that, <laughs> and when they released that report, the KBI, when they released that report in the newspaper, Archbishop Nauman in the story about that report, he boasted to the public about his full cooperation with the investigation, mm-hmm. which is just another flat-out lie, because the the uh, KBI agent told me that it took him three years and a subpoena to get that extensive report from the archdiocese wow. about my credibility, and he told me that in that extensive report about my credibility. He said the two, the two main reasons they did not believe me is, first of all, the Independent Review Board, they did not care for my tone. That's what they're basing their opinion of my credibility on that. And this other, the other reason that they did not believe me is they just did not believe that a priest would assault a child so soon after moving to a new city. And the KBI agent told me that that was absolutely ridiculous. This guy was a monster. He assaulted, I mean, he probably assaulted a van full of children at a truck stop on the way to Kansas City. So the arch, the archdiocese, Archbishop Nauman, in the letter, he said, after my careful review of the extensive report provided me by the Independent Review Board, I agree with, their, with them that they could not substantiate my credibility. So they ignored my details that give me a great deal of credibility. And they, they said they didn't believe me because of my tone and that they didn't believe a, a priest would do that so soon. That's just asinine. That's just beyond ridiculous. These people are just pure evil, just flat out evil. And in uh, February of, of 2020, I didn't even know this was going on. I just happened to be at the grocery store and I saw the the Sunday paper, I think it was February 16th. And there was a front page article that they were, uh, there was a bill in Topeka to do away with the statute of limitations. So of course I, you know, got the paper, took it home and read it right on the front page. There's this, the name of the priest that assaulted me. He, he has victims spread out all over the night, all over the country. He's dead now. And in that article, uh, it, it, was, it was just another gut punch for me. In that article, I believe it said that Chuck Weber, the spokesman for the Catholic Church in Kansas, he told lawmakers that the Catholic Church is neutral on this bill to do away with the statute of limitations. And that is such a blatant, filthy lie. It's just beyond belief. First of all, if they're neutral on this bill, what are they even doing at that hearing if they're neutral on it? And here's how I know that that's a complete, total, blatant lie based on their own actions. When I got this letter from Nauman denying my credibility, I called Snap and Snap uh, connected me with the local attorney, Rebecca Randalls. 
and Rebecca Randall's filed a lawsuit, and Archbishop Nauman spent several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees to use the statute of limitations against me to deny me my day in court for three and a half years. He used that statute against me. And there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Archbishop Nauman and his archdiocese, every single day of those three and a half years, they knew without a doubt, they knew that God was not on board with their horribly unjust statute of limitations defense. And every day of those three and a half years, they didn't care what God thought about that. So based on their own actions, when Chuck Weber said that the Catholic Church is neutral on this bill, he's lying, blatantly lying to Kansas lawmakers because every day of those three and a half years, you know, they used that statute against me when they didn't care what God thought based on their own actions. That's proof that the statute that not only are they not neutral on that bill to eliminate the statute, the statute of limitations based on their own actions is more important to the Catholic Church than God. And they lied and said they're neutral on that bill. Then later in the article, but let me back up. The Catholic Church spends tens of millions of dollars lobbying and fighting like hell to keep the statute of limitations firmly in place. And by doing that, they're doing that, of course, to, is to avoid accountability and responsibility for their own victims. But this is this like my rock bottom when it comes to my disgust for the Catholic Church, when they're lobbying to keep the statute in place to avoid accountability for their own victims, they're also causing or trying to cause a great deal of additional agony, pain, and suffering for all victims by denying, they want all victims to be, to be denied their day in court later on in life when they come forward, just so they can avoid accountability for their victims. They want victims from other churches, other religions, from schools, from anywhere this could happen to a child that has a legitimate lawsuit later in life. They want everybody to be denied so they can avoid accountability for their victims. That is so evil and just downright despicable. It's just despicable. And Archbishop Nauman, he won't take a single question about any of this. He's too busy lying about transparency and accountability from within and throughout the Catholic Church. And I'm very proud that I'm, I'm very proud to be in a documentary uh, uh, called Procession on Netflix. And we just had a screening a couple of weeks ago in Overland Park. And in the Reflector article about that screening, the spokesperson for the archdiocese, someone named Anita McSorley. I wish Anita McSorley could be sitting here right now because I'd love to ask her some questions. But of course, their golden rule is they don't ever leave themselves open for any questions. Anita McSorley could have come to the question and answer section uh, session after the movie, but she doesn't take any questions. And in your article, the statement she said, it was just another gut punch. 
She said the, that the archdiocese is working with survivors toward atonement. And the dictionary defines atonement as reparation for a wrong or an injury. And when I came forward, I received the exact opposite of atonement times a thousand on steroids. Archbishop Nauman, in writing, when he knew I was telling the truth, he lied about my credibility, reached out to the Capuchins, lied to them about my credibility. And then after he told me it was his sincere prayer that I experienced healing and peace in my life, then he used the horribly unjust statute of limitations against me for three and a half years to deny me my day in court. And about the statute of limitations, I would love to tell this to Archbishop Joseph Nauman face to face at the top of my lungs. Joseph, your horribly unjust statute of, limit, statute of limitations that you used against me for three and a half horrible years, that has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on what a Catholic priest actually did to me when I was 11 years old or how this has horribly affected and infected my entire life. But of course, you don't care anything about that, do you, Joseph? Any way you can, right, Joseph? And Joseph never talks about the statute of limitations when he gives his cowardly written statements, mm -hmm. never talks about what Jesus Christ thinks about the statute of limitations. Joseph Nauman is so, Joseph Nauman is so evil. I could go on. Oh, we better actually switch for, it up a bit though to for, finish it off. For days. Yeah. But so in July, we will effectively have like the legislation ending um, the criminal, I think criminal liability, or no, the statute of limitations for criminal prosecution of childhood sexual abuse. That will be, um, all limitations will be done away with in July, right? So that plus the KBI report of Catholic sexual abuse, we've seen some changes. I mean, in your mind, like, has that helped you find a certain sense of peace or what would you uh, want to see no, next? Not at all. Mm -hmm. And they, they say, I think, I believe that now they've moved this, the statute of limitations for civil lawsuits against the Catholic Church. They've moved that back to the age of 31. Well, the average age of someone coming forward and seeking what little partial justice is even possible, the average age is 52 years old. So the Catholic Church is still pretty, pretty safe. And let me just tell you this real quick. This is a story my lawyer told me. I mean, remember, Anita McSorley said they're working for atonement for survivors. My lawyer told me that I think this was just a couple years ago. There was a young woman who came forward uh, and met with the Independent Review Board. And her, she's so young, her statute had not run out yet. And the Independent Review Board told this young woman, listen, we are very concerned with your well-being. There will be plenty of time for lawsuits and settlements later. For, but for right now, let's just concentrate on your well-being. Let's get you into therapy. We'll pay for the therapy. And they somehow, they strung her along like this for two years. And the day that her statute ran out, they told this poor young woman, we don't believe you. We're not paying for any more therapy and get the hell out of here. 
And I would like to ask Anita McSorley, you know, is that the, is that the atonement you're talking about, Anita? Mm -hmm. The atonement, three and a half years using the statute against me? And Anita, I'd like to tell Anita McSorley, um, when I was assaulted when I was 11 years old, through no fault of my own, I blocked this horrible crap out of my mind and memory until I was 49 years old. And Archbishop Joseph Nauman used that against me to deny me my day in court. What the hell, Anita, kind of atonement is that? Mm. Now, she'll probably, if she hears this podcast, she'll probably release another chicken chicken written statement they're all going to pray for Mike Foreman they don't take I'd love, I wish she was sitting right here right now I'd love to talk to her about atonement because that is just a blatant lie mm -hmm. and I'm just picturing I'm just assuming after Anita McSorley totally lied about atonement I'm assuming that after that she righteously attended mass and prayed to the Lord I would love to ask her how she could possibly square this with God. How could she possibly square this? Mm -hmm. And for people that aren't aware of the scope of this, the magnitude of this, you can go to a website called bishopaccountability.org and just take it all in. And everything at that website is probably less than 5% of every all of the horribleness of the Catholic Church. And we'll end it with this one question. I mean, you've been through so much. What would you have seen done? You know, like, again, we've seen the KBI report. We've seen a little bit more, I guess, exposure. But oh. what would you want done, you know? Well, the, the KBI, I was very disappointed with the KBI because my, my the KBI agent I talked to, he told me about that extensive report. So I wanted to, I thought I was going to be able to get a cut when they, when they finally got done with their investigation. I thought, I think he told me that like in November of 2022, and then they released the, the ridiculous sugar-coated summary in January of 23. And he told me, you know, that the two main reasons they didn't believe me is they didn't care for my tone, and they didn't believe a priest would assault a child so soon after coming to a new city, which is absurd, especially with my details that give me credibility. So the KBI, that's proof that, that, the can't, that the Catholic Church covered me up. In writing, they covered up my assault. The KBI will not give me a copy of that extensive report. They won't give it to me. I wanted a copy of that to put on my website and tell the public. So the KBI is, is actually covering... The, the, this, this KBI agent, he's totally on my side. It's the head of the KBI that makes this decision. The, the KBI is covering up the Catholic Church's cover-up of my assault because they will not give me a copy of that extensive report and they won't give the public a copy of it. It is absolutely ridiculous. And the Independent Review Board is so ridiculous and such a filthy lie. In the beginning of the KBI summary, this is another gut punch for me, the beginning of that uh, the KBI summary, it said, oh my God, Tangible improvements have come from the implementation of independent review boards. They knew from A to Z my experience with the independent review board. They knew uh, that story I just told about that young woman. They knew about that. And they're saying that 
tangible improvements have come from the impact. I would like to know what it, what tangible improvements. It's just beyond belief. Absolutely beyond belief. I mean, when the KBI will not give me the proof they have that the church is covering up, it's like I'm in the twilight zone. It's beyond belief. The highest law enforcement agency in the state of Kansas is covering up the Catholic Church's cover-up of my assault. To say they didn't believe me because of my tone, I go into this independent review board that I was told is totally independent of the church, and there's four people sitting at a table. First, they told me there was eight people, and I stressed over the number of people on the independent review board for six weeks, day and night. I go in there, I go to the Archdiocese headquarters in Kansas City, Kansas, and I go in there, there's four people sitting at a table. There's one empty chair at this table, and that's course is meant for me. So I sit down at the one empty chair, and right to my right, sitting right next to me, about two feet from me on my right, right next to me, there sits a senior Catholic priest in Catholic priest clothing wow. on the independent review board. And I think, and then across from me and the Catholic priest sat the, the professor from Benedictine College and the Catholic lawyer. He was the chairman of the independent review board. And when I walked in there, I, I think in hindsight, I think they thought <laughs> I was going to see this senior Catholic priest and I was going to bow my head and say, well, I'm sorry, Father, may we please pray now? That's not how that went at all. Wow. I mean, I was stressed my guts out just driving up there and for the six weeks leading up to that meeting. But as soon as I started talking, all my stress was gone. I just, I, I, I in no uncertain terms, I told them my story and, and, and everything. And when I left there, there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever, no doubt that they knew damn well I was telling the truth. And at this time, I didn't even know about the pillow detail that that matched up with other victims of the same priest. The only thing I thought I had at that time was my word and the fact I knew where that rental house was. So if, and when Nauman wrote me his letter, if, it, if I wouldn't have uh, met with, with my lawyer, Rebecca Randalls, that's where I found out about the pillow detail. So if I never would have met Rebecca, Nauman, he knew about the pillow detail. He has the whole file. On, on Finney and Meese. He, he never mentions that. And to say, he says, this is right from the letter, which is on my website that I dissect. Uh, we actually better just uh, do some wrapping up statements. Okay. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add in general about like how you feel now? Like, Have you thought, managed to find any sense of peace at all? Or oh, no. no, no. The, the Catholic Church has made this so much worse for me, it, and I'm sure for a lot of other people. It's just beyond belief. And then, and what really makes it worse is when they lie to the public about healing, mercy, and empathy. And Chuck Weber in that hearing, after he lied about the church being neutral, then later on in the article, he says, and I quote, the Catholic church is very, very sorry for all abuse victims. Again, we are very, very sorry. And while he's saying that, He's there to try to keep the statute firmly in place. So while he's saying how sorry they are, 
they're trying to assure a great deal of additional agony, pain, and suffering for future generations of victims by denying them their day in court. And not just their own victims, they want all victims across the board, all victims to be denied their day in court just to avoid their responsibility for their victims. I hope all Catholics listening to this will please take that to heart, just the principle of that, to just please take that to heart and really let that sink in. While they're lying about healing, mercy, and empathy, they're trying to have all people denied their, their day in court. That's how evil and filthy they are. We'll end it there. Thank you so much for coming in today. Sure. 